Welcome to The Positivity Project with Chris and Mike. Twice a week, we share stories, interviews, and tips to help you lead a more positive, authentic, and abundant life. We know the power to make this happen lies within you. Are you ready? Let's go. This is season six, episode 416 of the Positivity Project with Chris and Mike. We're glad you joined us again. If you're here for the first time, welcome. Hi. We are in uh, Alabama right now. We are, but when you guys hear this, we'll still be in Alabama. Yeah. (laughs) Alabama, Mississippi area, but yes. It's cool, but we finally had a little break little break in the weather. I mean, oh my God. You know, it's been nice the last yes. couple of days. Still cool at night. I mean, I've been getting up in the morning and either going for a walk or a bike ride at, you know, seven, eight o'clock in the morning. It's uh, 32, 35 degrees. Yeah. But by the, you know, lunchtime or so, it's been getting up in the almost upper 70. 60s, almost 70 degrees. So I'm excited. We're going into a week worth of the final renovations on the coach. So Major really renovations. Yep. Yeah, yep. I'm super excited. I'm excited I'm getting a pantry. Although we found out like what last week that we're a little overweight. Um, so we've been purging stuff. Mike has transferred his 16 pounds of hot sauce <laughs> to the car. So it's off of the axles of the rig yes, here. We tow the car. So the weight that we put in the car um, only matters for gas mileage. It doesn't add to the uh, gross vehicle weight that we have. And yeah. we're we're over and we're doing our best to get really, really close to where we need to be. So yep. well, I'm going to get you to rate your week. Uh, I'm going to give my week like a nine. It's been, wow. the weather's been good. We've been able to sit outside, buy some campfires. We've laughed a lot together. We've done some exploring. We're back at one of our most favorite campgrounds we've yep, ever yep. been to. And um, I don't know. It's just been, it's been a good week. Good mm-hmm. travel days. Mm-hmm. The cats are doing great traveling, not in crates. I don't know. It's just been really good. I love it. I love it. How about you? I'm going to give mine 8.99 because I don't want to steal your thunder for your oh, nine. You could so. be a nine. It's fine. <laughs> it's okay. You could be nine. So, uh, yeah, really good week. I'm, I'm happy to be back here and spend a little bit more time here where we're at. We're at a Army Corps engineer site called Gunter Hill, and it's uh, it's a nice place. You know, it's been quiet. Um, the sites are a little bit bigger. That's the only thing about doing some of the state parks and mm-hmm. Army Corps engineers and like BLM land, which we've not stayed at yet, which no, we're we looking haven't. forward to is typically you get a little bit more room in between each RV um, than you normally would if you were in a public or privately owned campground. Yes, yes. And this is like, I was telling, so we came across a new subscriber, Mary. We met her uh, this week when we've been here. And she popped over yesterday, brought me some homemade cookies, which were delicious, with some farm fresh eggs she got from somebody locally. Anyway, we were talking, I told her, I said, these are my people here. Like this type of camping, (laughs) these are my people. Just where like you have people close by, but not so close that their awning is hitting your slide out. Yeah, and they have to eat their dinner under your slide. Yeah, where we were last time, we were we were setting up our domicile, so it was somewhere we needed to be. But when we were sitting inside trying to talk, we could hear the people behind us talking outside, and mm-hmm. it it just made for a little bit of awkward conversation. You always wonder if someone could hear. You know what you're yeah. saying, and not it that is, we're trying to hide anything, but some conversations are meant just to be, be between private. two. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Agreed. But it's all good. It's part of uh, RV living. Yeah, so part of what we did this week is we were finally able to go to a museum I have been jonesing to go to since the last time we were here, but unfortunately it was closed for renovation, and that is the Rosa Parks Museum in yes. Montgomery, Alabama. And it's a small muse- It's a small museum. It's run by Troy University. 
but man, does it pack it pack a punch and make an impact on you. It's super cheap to get in. I think it was like seven fifty for each of yes. us to get in. Yep. Um, anyway, so it's all based on what happened with Rosa Parks after she was arrested for not giving up her seat on a bus in Montgomery, Alabama. Most people know the story, but going to the museum, you know, they have some reenactments there that they did a really mm-hmm. great job on. That bus scene was was set the whole stage for the way things were going to be, and they really did a good job is, you know, the bus looks like the exterior of an old bus, the mm-hmm. bus that they were on, and each window had a screen in it that projected someone sitting in there, and you could see people moving around on the bus, you could hear them talk, and you could hear the whole thing unfold the way it actually unfolded uh, the day it happened, and the museum is on the corner where she was arrested. Yep, where the bus stop was, yes. where she had to get off, and she was arrested by the police, and it's, and then you get to see this little ripple, this little pebble, right, that she threw, or maybe it was a stone back then. I don't know. You throw that in, and then the ripple effect, because then all of the African Americans decided, or like I would say 90, 95, 98% of them decided to boycott the bus for the bus service for 13 months. And they were the ones that were the ones that predominantly wrote it. And it, if it didn't bankrupt the Montgomery bus system, it like it put a hurting on yeah, them. It, big de- time. it definitely devastated them. But to also see, like, <clears throat> this is all our podcast is all about like putting a positive spin on that, and I'm going to get to that in a second. But to see that what fear does to people, the lengths it makes them go to to preserve what they currently have. So the racist white people which is what they were that wanted to control the way that the segregation was in alabama at the time and we all know alabama has it's a black eye with segregation like it's one of it was more one of the more hotly uh one of the really it was really hotbed of um issues with the civil rights movement and probably still is to an extent but i think we're moving in the right direction but like they had um video footage of rallies that um, were put on by mostly white people. Well, I think it was all white people. And like just talking about how segregation had to stay and this, that, and the other, and why it needed to stay. It was for me, my personal opinion, it's very reminiscent of like the Hitler rallies where they, they just yeah. use all this propaganda and fear to like make people um, stay the way, that, you know, like we have to do it this way. And here's why, because you're going to get robbed. You're going to get this, you're going to get that. And the other thing too, that I noticed is that um, I was reading online uh, for the RV trip wizard that we use. A lot of people are like, stay away from Alabama, from Montgomery. It's full of, it's full of crime. I'm going to tell you my experience. I met nothing but nice people in the city. I'm yep. sure just like any city, I'm sure that there's like spots like you just, you don't want to go to, right? There's crime and there's bad people everywhere. But the girl at the front desk of the museum, she was super nice. I'm going to tell you, people in the South are just nice in general. Nicer than uh, the people from where we're at for the most part. So she said, listen, the thing just started. Y'all go ahead in. Just pay when you're done. Right. Right? Okay, no problem. So we go through and we do it. And then I was coming out and I went into the little gift shop they had and <laughs> Sorry, she told the lady, she said, they haven't paid yet. I said, thank you so much. I said, I, I would not have walked out on y'all to, you know, for that. And she said, oh, I know you wouldn't have. And before we left, she said, y'all need some suggestions on some things to do. She gave us some suggestions. We wound up driving around the city. It's a beautiful, this is the capital of Alabama. And it's absolutely gorgeous. The state buildings are gorgeous. They're just stunning. 
Yep. If I could touch a little bit back to the Rosa mm-hmm. Park thing, you know, a couple of things happened there. The, you know, the propaganda that was spread that you were talking about, you know, basically they were trying to tell everybody it was like, you know, diseases were going to run amok mm-hmm. and, you know, basically the sky is falling, the sky is falling. And they did that to try to keep everybody at bay. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I, the, the biggest thing that I got from the takeaway from watching, I knew what the history was. I uh, didn't know all the all of the minute details, and there's a lot of that that you learn when you watch some of the video footage, some of the speeches that were given. And they I mean, had like they had the like original documents, documents mm-hmm. absolutely. But what set the tone for the entire movement, and they were able to, for the most part, to carry it on, was the fact that there was little to no violence, mm-hmm. and it was meant to be that way. Dr. Martin Luther King wanted it that way. Everybody else that was helped pushing the movement wanted it that way, but who set the tone for that was Rosa Parks, because when she was arrested, she was peacefully arrested. She was. At that point, I don't think she knew that she was making a natural statement yet. No. Um, but for her to allow this to be done to her on a bus load of people wouldn't happen today. That situation yes. would have escalated. It would have been, yes. you know, it just, it would have been a mess. And that just goes to show you where, where we're at now. I feel that racism has come a long way. You know, people are like, yes, there's still issues. Yes, there's still problems. Yes, we still mm-hmm. have a ways to go. But if you wind the clock back to the 40s, 50s, and 60s at where we stood as a united community compared to where we are now with a handful of people that are trying to keep us separated, in my, my opinion, we're leaps and bounds ahead of where yep. we were. And yep. I'm proud to say that I was part of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I was desegregated as a child from school, one school to the next. They wanted to mix the population. That had happened during the time where I was in elementary school. It didn't go well, but people stood their ground and eventually it worked out. Yeah, it did. And I, and I think the positive that comes from this, and this can translate to your personal life too, right? I don't think any blemish like this in our history should ever be ignored, wiped away. Let's not talk about it. Because I think that if we don't, we forget. Yes. And forgetting means we haven't learned the lesson yet. So it's about what lesson have we learned, right? So as a country, you know, one of the other takeaways to go back to the museum was there was, they had a video playing and there was a, um, a white guy and he was talking, he said, you know, I remember there was the colored fountains and there was the whites only fountains. He said, he I worked always... a, He was a pharmacist at a pharmacy. Oh, is that what he was? Yes. And he and, said, I wanted to take a drink of the water. He said, and you know what? The colored water tasted just like the white water. And yeah. I was like, well, duh. Yeah. No, duh. <laughs> so, I mean, we all knew that, but that it goes back to the fear again. So what yes. fear, which fear is just lies. So what lies are you telling yourself about your, about your life, about what you can't do, or, you know, what what else can you be telling yourself that could change the dynamic of your life? Right. You know? Pull back the curtain on your own life and peek yeah. behind it and see what's back there that might be holding you back from doing something. That there's so many myths. There's so much. And, and it's, it's, you know, God love us as a country. We're moving forward as hard as we can. And we are one of the great countries of the world. And I, I truly believe that. But there's a lot of shenanigans going on now. And there's a lot of people are still pushing cons- conspiracy theories. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. I got my own good conspiracy yeah. theories, but it's not like this. But it's yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of people that we know who live in that fear mindset. Like, oh, my God, don't go to this town. Don't, don't go here because or, you know, 
I, back during COVID, we knew several people who were like, make sure you keep a gun by the door because people are just coming in and they're just busting down your door and they're robbing you blind. I'm not saying that didn't happen. I'm not saying it has not happened, but you can't take uh, like a handful of incidences and of incidents and then make it act like it's the norm. Yep. yep. It's you not it. the norm. Right. And it's and that's the whole thing is like that goes back to a fear based mindset. And I don't think we need to be fear based. I think we need to be faith based and we need to have faith in humanity, faith in each other that really at the end of the day, all people just want to live in peace and harmony and be able to provide for their family, have a good life and be happy. Right. Like we met, we went to Hooters the other day. And the waitress was about as sweet as pie. And she just, she just, and this is the difference, y'all, between the South and for the most part, where we come from up in the mid-Atlantic Northern uh, states. So she's, she's just cleaning a table and she turns around and said, are y'all from around here? And we said, no, does the accent give it away? Because obviously we have a mid-Atlantic accent, which I don't know what that sounds like because I just sound like myself. And um, so we chatted with her for a really, really long time. Her name was Amber. And she was telling us all about, you know, she grew up in Alabama where she's from and everything. But she took the time, again, this is a Southern thing, to just chat with you about where you're from, what you're doing, give you a little bit of history about herself too. Yep. And it was yep. really, really nice. It was. Absolutely it was. So on to the next thing. Yes. You brought I, something up to yes. me the other day that kind of made a lot of sense. We didn't go into a bunch of detail because we really wanted to talk about it in our podcast. Mm-hmm. And as most of you guys know um, that listen to us, and for you guys that don't haven't listened to us on a regular basis, we try not to rehearse any of this. And no. it's, it, it's never, all we do is we have a little dry erase board and we jot down a few things. And sometimes during the course of the week, we'll start talking and we're like, ah, 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 stop, let's save that for the podcast. And I'll hope, put up a little note. And let's hope we remember <laughs> yeah, what yeah. we were talking about. <laughs> so so yeah. on the board next, it says, who is in your front row? So let's think about this for a second. When you go to like a concert, right? And we, We've been to a ton of Zach Brown concerts, right? Dave Matthews. Zach Dave Matthews. Brand. But think back to Zach Brown. Our friend Christy Clements is always, if she's there, she and Teresa Rogers, they're always front row right yep. in front of Zach. Yep. And for people that are in the fan club in Zamley, we get early access if you have floor seats or not seats, but if you have floor tickets. And Zamley is always in the front row. Why is Zamley? That's the fan club, y'all. Why is Zamley always in the front row? Because those are the people that are cheering loudest for you. Those are your people that are going to have your back no matter what. So my question to you is who's in your front row and are those the right people in your front row? I like it. And I, I started thinking about the people I've had in my front row over the past several years. And I think in the past year, I've definitely shifted some people out of my front row. And put other people uh, in, more in the center of my front row. And I think it's been a better change for me as a person. Because while other people I may have had in the front row, I think there were more people I was there trying to help. And not necessarily there to cheer me on, pick me up. You know what I mean? Be that be that cheering squad for me. Be my support system when I needed it. Um, but I think I have a really solid front row right now. Mm-hmm. I, you're there. I see you. Mm-hmm. Right? you. You're holding up your flashlight, Mike. I yeah. see you. You're sitting. You're standing there. Um, but yeah. So, so let me ask you. Do you know who's in your front row? Yes, and uh, as as well as you, I've adjusted that a little bit, and it's always going to change. You know, one one of the things I'm a firm believer in 
is the fact that you're never you never get to a hundred percent. You're never at the end game until your last day on the face of this earth. So you're always evolving. You're always changing. Mm-hmm. You're always doing this or that. You know, some things that we thought were in line with who we wanted to be and what we wanted to do five years ago, they're gone. Yes. You know, we, we've adjusted, yep. moved on. We've did some lateral moves. We've, we've done some stuff. But for me, the people that I want in my front row or the people that are kind of in line with where I want to be. Yes. You know, the thoughts, the processes where we like to go, what we like to do, what we like to talk about, what we like to eat. Uh, Because if you have to spend your wheels or spin your wheels to keep someone in your front row in line, so to speak, it's okay to help people out. But the people you need to help out need to be in the the second row back. Oh, no, they need to be in Section 300. And the people that bring something to the table that you can also bring something to the table where you guys can equally maneuver together, those are the people I want in my front row. Yeah, I want those people in my front row that are going to be there for the the good days, the cloudy days, and the really rainy days, mm-hmm. right? Because those are the people that no matter what, they should be there to cheer you on and to help like liven your spirit. So if I'm a, if I'm Zach Brown and I'm up on stage and I'm performing, I know I'm looking at that front row and I'm expecting to get that energy from that Back, those people, yes. right? Exactly. So and I think that it's important to evaluate periodically who you have in your front row. We've talked about different hacks, right? And, you know, like, I don't know, it's, there's so many different platforms where people could be in your front row, because it could be somebody from Facebook that you were friends with a long time ago. But how much space are you allowing those people to take up in your life is really, really important. Because I think like, it's just, there's just, I I have been very uh, active with hitting the mute button on Facebook recently about like, there's certain posts that pop up. I don't want to see them. Uh, you know, I want to see less posts of these. It changes the algorithm for me. I just don't want to see stuff like that. Or I'll right. just mute people for a while. But you have control over that for yeah. the most part, people. I mean, everybody complains about the algorithms and everything that all of social media does. But if you don't stop, you don't look, and you just pass over it, it tends to fall back further. And the stuff that you yeah. navigate to or gravitate to, I should say, is the stuff that you see most often. So, you know, it, it's on you. And I have no problem whatsoever with social media. I think everybody can use it in their own way. We use it a lot to keep in touch with friends and family, mm-hmm. um, but we don't thrive on it, and we no. don't search things out that don't bring depth and meaning to our lifestyle no, that agreed. we're living. Agree, you know? agree, and and I think if you have to look too many layers deep for a conspiracy behind something happening, I think that you're spending your energy not so wisely. Like I said a minute ago. It's ever. It's never going to be all okay. It's never going to be all fixed. And the day that we think we have gotten to that point, we're in big trouble. So just keep moving forward. I mean, it will be okay. I mean, this, you know, it's, it, things that are on Facebook, they'll go away. But like with the conspiracy stuff, that's always going to be around. If you choose to play into it, then that's fine. Um, you know, I've talked to someone the other day that I haven't talked to in a while. And they're like, man, if you've been keeping track of the news, I know you're on the road. I'm like... Yeah, I really don't care for it. Big news, maybe, yeah. you know, uh, weather, yes, because it's very important to us right now. But, um, you know, we're not running and hiding from what's going on in the world because we want to help in any way we no, can. But, but here's the thing is in another a year, is is what you're complaining about on Facebook right now, is it going to even be an issue? Yeah, some of it's just plain ridiculous, so I just it skip is. over it. I know. Okay, so I want to fill you in on something. And yes, I, and so I'm we, lost. 
you are lost. And I'm, this is a surprise for okay. you. So when I was looking for our good news story, I came across an article. And I want you to know, so we're big fans of Expedition Unknown and Josh Gates. If you don't know who Josh Gates is, I first want you to go to go to the Googles. And I want you to Google Josh Gates uh, Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> okay. So Josh Gates, he's a ho- a TV host, yes, and he does this show called Expedition Unknown. He's done several other shows too. Expedition, <clears throat> yeah. yeah, he's uh, all kinds of different things. He's very witty. Um, he's got a degree in archaeology, and he uh, he's just he's a funny guy. So we love Expedition Unknown. So one of the Expedition Unknown episodes was he remembered he was looking for an airplane. Do you remember whose airplane it was? No, Amelia Earhart's. Yes. Okay. Yes. So when I was looking for the good news story. There's a group that claims that they may have found Amelia Earhart's plane. plane. Wow. So they did it on Instagram. Well, myself, along with several dozen other people, have tagged him in that on fa- on Instagram. are like, you need to go. You need to go find this. So fingers crossed he uh, sees that all on social. If he hasn't already, which he probably already has been made aware of but yeah he's in the know with a lot of that stuff he has to spend a lot of time doing research because you know this year we didn't get a whole lot of episodes but the episodes were more in depth and it looks like they were a little bit better uh i don't want to say planned but some things have happened in these last few episodes that we weren't getting before which we were like come on man just find a a, a one little piece of gold somewhere yeah find something you know he was searching and searching and searching hard and he's he's done a really good job with with kind of Getting in a groove of things, yeah. so to speak. So if you haven't checked out Josh Gates, first start with what I just said. Go to look up Josh Gates' Wheel of Fortune. It's absolutely hilarious. <laughs> You'll crack up. So having said that, I did find a really cool good news story. All right. So Let's check it out. there's an unnamed bride out of California, and she wound up having to cancel her wedding. Right. And which is really sad for whatever reason it is. And I'm sure she was super bummed. She wasn't letting that hold her back. She decided because she had a, um, the reception was non-refundable and it was worth $15,000. So she um, decided to turn that into a really awesome positive. And she told them that she um, wanted the nonprofit called Parents Helping Parents to do a huge reception party for people with she said i want people from zero or from one to 100 that have special needs to be able to come to this uh reception so they had dinner drinks a dj dancing even a photo booth for all of these special needs Uh, most of them were young adults and they had such a great time they were absolutely wowed it was called the ball for all and they sent out reservations and they had um, they had a bunch of people show up. So it was really, really cool. And I thought that, you know, what a great positive thing to do with a really bad thing that happened to you. Yep. Yep. I like it. I like it. So, so here. How about our positive quote for the week? In helping others, we shall help ourselves. For whatever good we give out completes the circle and comes back to us. That comes from Flora Edwards. I like it. Yeah. All right, kids and non-kids, um, make sure that you guys are in our Facebook group, The Positivity Project with Chris and Mike, and make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And give us a five-star rating. All right, gang. We'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday for the Pod Flash. Until then, be kind, be well, and... Until next time, choose positivity, my friends.